Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded and expects to hit 6 million listens by the end of July 2023. We're celebrating this success by recognizing those who have shared the journey with us and giving them the opportunity to contribute to the ongoing success of the shows. By buying a paper copy of the Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a donation to help the ongoing running costs, members of the international Italian wine community will be given the chance to nominate future guests and even enter a prize draw to have lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. To find out more, visit us at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin! For all the super wine geeks out there, we have a special new series dedicated to you. We are reading excerpts from our new edition of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0. Wine lovers, tune in for your weekly fix only on Italian Wine Podcast. If you want to own a copy of this new must-read Italian wine textbook, just go to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Apulia, Puglia. Historical background. There isn't a part of Apulia without an olive tree or a vine, the very symbols of this ancient and historical land. Each civilization that has passed through this region has left indelible traces of their passage, not only architecturally and monumentally, but also in terms of agriculture and wine production. In order to understand Apulia, one must first know the importance of the past and the cultural contribution of those Mycenaean merchants from the Aegean. As early as the second millennium BC, they exploited the vast coastlines and endless plains to construct a flourishing and profitable agriculture, which they later entrusted to the local populations, devoting themselves exclusively to the commercial aspects of their maritime importance. The presence of these peoples did not, however, limit the significant colonization of the region by the Greeks, who at first considered Apulia only a passageway to Campania. At Ischia, they founded the first emporium on the Tyrrhenian Sea. They helped turn the region into an expanse of olive groves and vineyards, building an empelographic identity that was maintained for centuries an identity unique among all Italian regions. In 706 BC, to swell the ranks of the Greek population in Apulia, some rebels driven out of Sparta also arrived and founded the city of Taras or Taranto. Thanks to its strategic position, the city soon became the undisputed power in the region, leading the way in industry, textiles, and agriculture and surpassing other centers such as Sibaris. Other cities slowly emerged with a strong agricultural imprint, such as Arpi, near present-day Foggia, Neapolis Apulie, present-day Polignano, southeast of Bari, and Orra, present-day Oria, in the Brindisi area. These centers excelled not only in cereal cultivation, the main activity practiced, but also in viticulture, improving cellar operations and promoting wine knowledge. From Greece, naturally, also came new vines and production techniques, such as the alberello, which was considered new 
compared to those used previously, and which was inspired by the Caucasian model with creeping vines as the Athenian historian Xenophon described then in the 4th century BC. The southern part of Apulia thus became part of Magna Grecia, and numerous artistic and architectural treasures from that period still exist today in an area of Lecce, known as Grecia Salentina, where the local dialect, Grecanico, is also influenced by ancient Greek. With the arrival of the Romans, after the Second Punic War in the 2nd century BC, the agrarian production model went into crisis and the foundations were laid for the latifundium, which was to characterize this land for many centuries. The territory was subsequently restructured according to the Mediterranean policy of the empire, which considered Apulia not only an important agricultural area, but a strategic region of vital communication routes towards the southeastern part of the empire. The area was equipped with an efficient road network, with the Via Appia linking Rome with Brindisi and Via Traiana, starting from Benevento and linking Troia, Canosa, Bari and Brindisi. It was along these roads that the wine trade prospered, so much so that Pliny in his listing of the Greek grape varieties, mentions the Malvasia Nera of Brindisi and Lecce. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local foods, and taking in the scenery. Now, back to the show. Negromaro and Uva di Troia, Manduria, Messagne, Alezium, and Saba were also recognized as areas with a great wine vocation. In the Middle Ages, Frederick II of Swabia also expanded wine production by bringing thousands of plants from Campania to the Upper Murge, where he built his octagonal manor house known as Castel del Monte. At the Grana et Vina, an important local wine fair re-established by Charles of Anjou, Verdeca wines were even marketed. Throughout the Renaissance, Apulian wines began to arrive all over Italy and even into France. At Lorenzo de' Medici's table, for example, wine from Campi Salentina was consumed. In 1569, Andrea Bacci recounts in his Storia dei Vini d'Italia that the vineyards of Lecce, Brindisi, and Bari yielded wines of excellent quality, while in 1629, Prospero Rendella from Monopoli lists Montonico, Brindisino, Gargano, Rodian, Tarentino, and Ostuni among the wines of Apulia. In 1872, the first agricultural institute with an annexed analogical facility was established. Ten years later, the experimental wine cellar was established in Barletta. When the phylloxera outbreak first struck, markets throughout Italy and France turned to Apulia to meet local demand for wine. But soon it too was hit 
by the scourge of phylloxera, which caused serious damage to the local viticulture. Fortunately, Apulia had, in the meantime, attracted the interest of foreign entrepreneurs, including the French who arrived in the Brindisi area, but also Germans and Austrians. Casagancha was the first to have the intuition to use Apulian white wines for the production of vermouth, giving way to the other Piedmontese entrepreneurs who saw the potential of this fertile territory. Over time, the Alberello vine was replaced with the more productive Tendone, while the presence of autochthonous varieties such as Bombino, Verdeca, Uva di Troia, Negro Amaro, Bianco d'Alessano, Malvasianera increased. Other Olochthonous varieties such as Chardonnay, Trebbiano, Montepulciano, Sangiovese, and Carbonet were introduced, which benefited Apulian viticulture. Since the end of the 1990s, there has been a significant transformation in the sector, which is leading regional wine production to a real renaissance. Geomorphology Apulia is a long strip of land bordering Molise to the northwest. Campania and Basilicata to the west, while its 800 kilometers of coastline are washed by the Ionian Sea to the south and to the Adriatic Sea to the north and east. The territory is varied and diverse from north to south, being flat for more than 50%, hilly for 45%, and mountainous for only 5%, making it the least mountainous region in Italy. The highest peak in the area, which do not exceed 900 meters above sea level, are found in the Monti Dauni in the province of Foggia, a pre-Apennine belt that connects with Molise and Campania. Here, the climate has cool summers and rather harsh winters, while the rest of Apulian territory has a Mediterranean climate with hot summers, little rain, and plenty of sunshine. Apulia can be subdivided into different zones, based on the physiographic and hydrogeological features that characterize it. The main ones are Gargano, Tavoliere, Murge. This divided into High and Low, Salento, and the Gulf of Taranto. The region is scarcely deformed from a geological point of view and is made up of 80% Mesozoic limestone and Cretaceous limestone. It has karstic characteristics, especially in the Murge, with a considerable presence of underground conduits and caves. A certain, quote, karstification caused by the dissolution of carbonate rocks by surface and underground water and an absence of rivers. In fact, boreholes must sometimes reach a depth of over 800 meters for a source of water to be found. The term murja derives from murex, a sharp rock formed mainly of limestone. The murja plateau crosses the provinces of Bari, Brindisi, and Taranto. As a whole, it is delimited by two important tectonic discontinuities, one to the northwest towards the Tavoliere delle Puglie, the other to the southwest. An enormous tavoliere, made up of flat plateaus, 
descends both northwestwards and southeastwards, reaching all the way down to Salento region, where the altimetry is lower and the rocks are composed by sub-outcropping white limestone covered by a few centimeters of alluvial soil, red in color, produced by decalcification that makes the soil sub-acidic. There are no alluvial deposits in this area, due to the absence of glaciers and no volcanoes. As we have seen, viticulture has been practiced in Apulia since ancient times and extends over almost the entire territory. Traditional bush-trained cultivation methods still coexist alongside modern espalier or marquee systems. Along the Ionian Salentine coast near Taranto lies the cultivation area of the Primitivo vine, which rests on relatively recent flatland of clay sandy composition on a calcareous substratum. Primitivo, whose name derives from its early ripening, is one of the most widely cultivated vines in Apulia and is grown with a typical Apulian sapling consisting of three to four spurs, though espalier training systems are becoming more widespread, allowing for greater mechanization. In Salento, an area characterized by a mesozonic platform and arid red soils with a calcareous substratum, we find the two areas of Leverano DOC and Copertino DOC, where Malvasia Nera and Negromaro are grown, the latter being an indigenous vine par excellence of the Lecce and Brindisi areas. Climbing from the Morge Bess to the High Morge, near the municipalities of Alberobello and Gioia del Colle, we find the Locorotondo DOC Appellation, which offers vines such as Verdeca, Bianco di Alessano, and other indigenous varieties grown on soils of rocky limestone substrates that help the roots of the vines to maintain freshness and humidity. Moving on, one arrives in the Castel del Monte DOC area, which extends over calcareous substrata and sandy soils on which Bombino Bianco, Bombino Nero, and Uva di Troia are cultivated. Not far away on the lower western side of the great fault line that delimits the Morge Plateau is Gravina di Puglia DOC, a denomination assigned to one of the region's oldest wine-growing areas. The area of Gravina is embedded in the valley of the marine coastal deposits called Calaranite di Gravina, on which Greco di Tufo and Malvasia Bianca are grown, either espalier or carton trained. The largest production of white grape varieties, on the other hand, is located on predominantly clayey soils in the San Severo DOC area, in the far north of the region, in the municipality of the same name located between the Apennines, the Tavoliere Plain, and at the foot of the limestone Gargano Massif. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. 
don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.